This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 109, My Enneagram Understandings, part two. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Okay, real quick, today's a part two episode. It's a two-parter. If you have not listened to part one, stop this episode. Go listen to part one. Otherwise, this part is not going to make sense because I'm jumping right into basically where I left off last week. Now, if you need a quick refresher of where I started last week, maybe go in and listen to the first few minutes of that last one. But otherwise, we are moving this train forward. Last time I talked about Enneagram 1, Enneagram 2, and Enneagram 5. Today I'm covering all the other numbers and my understanding of those numbers um, as I have been studying the Enneagram now for a couple of years and with my clients now for about two years. Now, quick disclaimer, just in case you need a refresher, I'm talking about generalizations today. They may not apply to you. And also, these are my understandings of my life. I have a very limited scope with just the clients that I see and in my personal life. Okay, so if, again, something doesn't apply to you or you feel misunderstood by something I said and you feel like you want to, you know, clarify something for me, great. You know, I talked about in the last episode, I'm an Enneagram 5. I don't like being shown that maybe I don't know something in essence, like that's a core fear of mine, but I've also learned to work through it and realize that I love learning. And if you see something that maybe I didn't spot, tell me, I would love that discussion with you of, hey, Lindsay, you know, you missed this about this number that I think is really important. Awesome. Bring that to my radar. And it may actually already be on my radar. Who knows? Today, I'm just kind of talking about, you know, overall summaries of each one. Okay. But either way, take what you love, leave the rest, as I always say. All right. You ready to keep going? Last time we finished on Enneagram two. Now I want to talk about Enneagram three. And um, I love Enneagram threes. And you would think I would have more Enneagram threes in my coaching business because Enneagram threes are very much the definition of a go-getter. Like they are out there. They're wanting to make achievement happen. They um, many times are like the ones that are in high action all the time. In one of the Enneagram workshops I took, you know, the one I mentioned often is the one at my daughter's school because that just like opened my eyes to so many things. But I've actually taken many Enneagram workshops. I even took an Enneagram workshop for marriage. And then I took a whole course on Enneagram and marriage, which is a whole nother topic. And it's so cool. I'll link it in the show notes. It's by Beth McCord. Now she is um, Christian based. And so if that's not your thing, you may not like it. For me, 
I'll just kind of tell you my beliefs is my daughter actually goes to a Christian school, believe it or not, but I'm not super Christian. I'm spiritual. And so many times when somebody kind of goes into a Christian thing that I'm like, don't totally resonate with, it goes back to what I tell you a lot of times is I take what I love, I leave the rest. Um, And her stuff is really good. So even if you aren't a Christian, just kind of leave out some of the Christian stuff you don't resonate with and focus in on the core content of the Enneagram. Because man, it really rocked my world with me and my husband. We did, gosh, I think like three months of marriage coaching, which was helpful. But then I found her course and I went to that workshop and I got more out of that than I think I did in those three months of coaching. Because really what our problem was, was how our Enneagrams were coming together. And Beth calls it your dance. It was so funny because that's what I would tell my marriage coach. I would say, "Um, I just feel like we're in this dance and he's stepping on my feet in the same spot over and over again. It's driving me crazy. And, And that course, it all made sense. So again, I'll link it in the show notes. But back to Enneagram threes, they're the go-getters, right? They're always focused on let's get stuff done. Let's make stuff happen. Um, Going back to what I was saying earlier with the very first Enneagram workshop I took, she talked about if the United States of America had an Enneagram number, they would be a three because that's just how they are. They're like, look at us, look at all the things that we're doing. And they love to appear like they're very successful. And that's big for a three of how they're appearing. Okay, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this here in a minute. Now, the thing I have a lot with Enneagram threes is burnout. Woo, burn out because they go, 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 go. And then they can crash and burn. And especially as I've learned more about women's cycles, this is a topic I'm going to talk more about on the show here soon. And I'm fingers crossed I'm going to have a very special guest to talk to you about this book that has blown my mind with that. But as women, we can't just keep going and going and going and going. That's that's typically a man's way of doing things. And granted, yes, in our society, it is a patriarchy and we are taught that way. But as women, it's just not how we work. We've got to slow down at certain points in our cycle. If you follow the moon, right? It's just there's certain different parts we've got to slow down. Otherwise, burnout is big. And threes, whoo-wee, they can burn out. Now, what's tricky for me with threes when I'm coaching them is because they're so focused on external achievements, working in a coaching setting, especially for the first three months when we're doing a lot of internal work and even just ongoing, um, there are times when you're going to slow down and then you're going to speed up and you're going to slow down as you're working through new blocks. Threes sometimes don't have the patience for that and they don't see the value in them. Even if they get results from it, they can then just be so consumed with what they're achieving on the external. And again, it goes back to their image. And because their core fear is being looked at as a failure and um, unimpressive or unsuccessful. And that's that's really, you know, what they're motivated by is like, oh, I don't want people to see that, you know, deep down I'm unsuccessful. But I've I've got to work to change their mindset on that. And as I've started to understand it more and more, I tell my threes that kind of coming in the gate of like, hey, here's what I see with threes. Like, let's just clear the air now. And so can we make an agreement that when I start to see this in you of like, you're not doing the internal work, that we're going to start to have conversations about that. Um, And I have a couple threes still in the process that I'm still kind of making my way around to have conversations about this. So if you're one of my Enneagram threes, just know this conversation may be coming and this may be just our way of having that conversation. If you want to acknowledge it via email, we can talk through it. But um, yeah, the mindset works. Sometimes they just don't put value on it. And so then what happens? Then they like get into what I call frantic action. 
and they just achieve, 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 achieve. And they're like in this high state of just trying to achieve all this stuff, but they feel like shit. Um, you know, and, and just thinking about another client that I have right now, she actually was the very first client I had that signed up for my nine month coaching process. And so it was this huge up level for me of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I closed a client at this process and this rate and all the things. And she's paid all of her payments and she is maybe midway through the coaching process because after we got through the first three-ish months, um, she just went back to her old ways of like outside achievement and like has totally blown me off. I'll even email her and I'll say, hey, you still have these sessions left. Just want to remind you, nothing. I mean, she's lost thousands of dollars. It's crazy to me. Um, but she just is like so overly consumed with the external achievements. Um, it just, yeah. So it, again, it's like something I've really realized with my threes of right out the gate of like, hey, we need to be in an agreement with this that, you know, if you're going to sign up for this, then X, Y, Z needs to happen. Meaning like you need to prioritize the mindset work uh, as part of the process and you need to see the value and what can we do to make sure that you don't get into this burnout. The other thing too is um, sometimes with my threes, because let's think about it. I said the United States of America is kind of like a three, right? And so everything around them is like exemplifying external success, external success. Look at the external success. And then two, if you look at me as a marketer, I have to put my external success out there a lot um, of like, look how much money I'm making if I'm talking about my coaching business or look at the success I've had with this client. And my threes can kind of take that and it's almost like they're in competition with me of like, oh, well, I need to one up Lindsay. I need to prove how successful I am to her. Even I see this with my twos with a wing of three, like they're trying to impress me a lot. And granted, yeah, we're going to cover wins and we're going to celebrate the hell out of their wins and stuff like that. But to a point where I have to kind of lean them back of, okay, are you achieving for you or are you achieving for me or somebody else? Like, let's make sure this is an authentic choice. Okay. Um, And two, they can just get like really uneasy if somebody else is achieving, especially if they're in a group program or if I'm achieving at that time and talking about it, they can get uneasy around me. And it's like, whoo, you know, like this is just going back to your core fear <laughs> of you feeling like you're going to be unsuccessful when the reality is it's like you are massively successful, massively to a point where, you know, again, their brain's not going to see that and they'll have to mindset coach them through that if they're open to it. But they've got to calm that down. Okay. Like, and really just take a deep breath and be able to enjoy their life and um, not get into that more, 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 more mentality. Now, I must admit, I have a lot of three in me. I'm the most of five. The second most is a three. So I totally get this threes. I know where you're coming from. I know how it feels. And I think even the coaching industry is, if it had its own Enneagram, would probably be a three (laughs) in a lot of ways. Look at all this external success. And I think it might have a four wing because it's like, look at yourself. Um, But yeah, so just take that in threes of like the internal work is just as important, if not more important. Actually, it's way more important. Let me be frank. Um, than the external work. Okay, so got to calm it down. And we and the other thing too, I have to work with with my threes is, you know, we'll find their authentic self and we'll grow their authentic self. But it's like they then just become consumed again with um, 
you know, like achieving again. And they like forget what they authentically want and slowing down. So they just have to build a lot of practices to make sure they're bringing out their authentic self all of the time. Okay, last thing I want to say about threes before I move on is threes growth path is being more like a six, meaning they become more loyal, cooperative, and committed and focused on others' well-being as much as their own. And again, this that we go back to the threes that I see in my coaching practice, um, especially once they get into the group program, they can just be so solely focused. Like I have one three right now I'm working this on with um, that they're not participating in the community unless it's to go in there and talk about themselves and then they get back out. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. Like you need to be here to support other people. And then to... Um, you know, what I'm getting to on to them about too is like being cooperative in the coaching practice or the coaching process of, you know, I'm here to support you and you need to lean on me because otherwise you can get to this place where you're out of your authentic self and you're just achieving to achieve. And you're so focused on external stuff that you're going to get to this place where you're burnt out and unhappy. Okay. Whew, hope that made sense. All right, so that's Enneagram 3s. Let's talk about Enneagram 4s. All right, you're going to hear me shuffle as I turn pages. All right, so I think my daughter is an Enneagram 4. Now, granted, she's 10. She's got some room to grow, but um, so I have a special place in my heart for 4s. And I actually think, well, because I'm a 5 wing 4, and maybe at one time I was a 4 primarily, and I've just kind of moved. Who knows? But I definitely pull in a lot of 4s. So here's what I know about 4s. They're emotional. When I have a four, they are going to cry. They are going to feel the feels. In one of my group programs, we have a four. And every time she gets coached, it's like, all right, when's she going to cry? When's she going to get to it? Because that's just what fours do. They feel and they feel deeply. And it's such a beautiful thing as a five who can be up in my head. I love leaning on my four wing and using that to help me feel because I need it. Because otherwise, I can just be all up in my head all the time. Um, now, something else I love about fours, they are super creative. Like, these are the creative geniuses of the world. There are many times the artists, the musicians. Um, they are just oh, beautiful, creative people. And many times when I get fours, too, and they're coming to me and they're like, um, I just feel unhappy. And we look at their life. They're not utilizing creativity enough. And so integrating that into their life is very, very important. Um, like I've had some fours come to me who are like accountants and in the cor- like stiff corporate world and like a man-oriented business. And I'm like, whew, your fourness is not going to like that. Now, something that can happen with fours is, you know, if I go back to the very first workshop I took about Enneagram at my daughter's school, they talked about the image that pops up for a four is the mirror. And somebody just staring at themselves in the mirror. And that can happen with fours. They can be a little self-absorbed and just kind of overly consumed with their own worlds and their own emotions and their own life and let it kind of be this tornado of emotions I talk about a lot of times where they're just like spinning at it to a point where sometimes it can even get to a place where they're diagnosed with something like depression because they just, they feel deeply, right? They tend to have empathy really high too. 
And so they can just kind of spin in that. And then they're all consumed with their whole worlds because they're in their deep emotions and they're kind of lacking connection otherwise. But on the flip of that, once they're able to manage those emotions, and I get to see this with fours as they go through the coaching process. So it's a beautiful thing of managing those. They bloom and they blossom and they're they're just showing those creative geniuses and because they know how to manage their emotions. And then they're showing their intuitive side because many times they're extremely intuitive. And the big thing with fours is they want to be unique and they want to be special because the big fear about fours is not being those things and just being ordinary. So with my daughter, for example, you know, she has to wear a uniform every day to school, but ever since she was young, I'm talking like first grade, maybe even kindergarten, she always did something special. Like she's always, you know, worn a special necklace and she's always kind of on the cutting edge of what she's going to determine for the whole grade is cool. Like in first grade, it was kitty ears. And she's like, oh, I'm gonna wear my kitty ears. And then she wore chokers for a while. And then she wears a certain bracelets and she does her hair a certain way or she wears like funky socks. And she's always trying to show her individuality. Um, And I love that about her. (laughs) And again, she can be very much in her feminine energy. And I see that with fours, which is something I so admire. It's like with my twos of like, oh, you're so beautiful because you're in this creative you know, beautiful feminine space. And so, yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. The big thing for them, again, is just managing those emotions and not letting that core fear take over a feeling, you know, plain or ordinary or even inadequate or mundane. Um, A lot of times, too, they even fear being abandoned. Think about it. Like abandonment for a lot of people is a very, very deep feeling. And fours, because they can feel so deep, they're going to go there. They're going to go to those spaces. And so for my fours to have got to manage their roller coaster of emotions and kind of get them more to a new, neutral place where they're still feeling, of course, but their you know, median feeling they're feeling every day is more neutral so that they're not having these high highs and these low lows. Um, and so it's something called a vacillator voice that I'm managing with them. Um, the other thing too, is not letting their emotions mean something, which again, is something we're working through in the coaching process and letting it kind of snowball. And instead they're just like, oh, I'm just feeling a feeling. I know my feelings come from thoughts and I can look in that logical place, especially if I have a four with a wing of a five, I can have them pull some of that logic of a five in. If I have a four with a three wing, it's a little bit trickier because, okay, think about it. Four is all about deep feeling, right? And they're going to feel really big, but then they're going to have this three wing. That's like, oh, go achieve, 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 achieve. And it's like hard for me to kind of get in even more of the value of, hey, let's look at your mindset. Okay. So I have to be very, very strategic there with that of getting them to see the value of that. Um, and, and, And it makes sense, right? Of like, we go back to what I talk about where I see the most of my clients are Enneagram ones, twos. I would think probably the third would be a five. Those are all like twos come to me and they know like, Lindsay, I'm burnt out. Like I'm giving way too much. I need to balance this because I want to be able to give and serve more. And so it makes sense for them to invest in coaching. Ones, they're like, I want to be even a better version of myself. Let's go. I'm like, great, it works. Five, they're like, I want to know more. I want to um, be able, it's really like a lot of the motivation is I want to know more. And so if they come to me and they're like, man, this girl knows her stuff. She knows more. Let's go. Awesome, Right. Threes, they come to me, I want to achieve more. Fours, they come to me and they're like, I want to feel better. Now, granted, all of these numbers are coming to me with various things. Um, But for four wing three, I don't see that a lot because again, it's like, 
I want to feel better, but I have this huge need to want to go out and achieve. And so I don't know if I really see the value in doing mindset work, which is unfortunate because they're one of the big ones who need it the most. So if you were a four with a wing three, you need to reach out to me, my friend. I will help you a lot in your life. But anyways, just going back to fours on its own. And the last thing I want to say here is sometimes too, they can be very clingy. I see this with my daughter. And this is a big thing with fours that I've learned is when they're feeling insecure, they can overly attach to somebody and just be like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. It goes back to that mirror thing, right? Of them looking at themselves, look at me, look at me, look at me. And like, we have to calm that nervous system down. That's a big thing I'm doing with my fours is not just understanding emotions and feeling the depth of them and processing them, but then regulating their nervous system in the process. You know, and the reason why I think my daughter's a four is, yes, the the beauty of the fours, of the creative side and being unique and stuff, but she feels way deeper. She, meaning my daughter, she feels way deeper than I ever do. And I remember thinking like, holy moly, like, what is this? Like, she can go to the depth of sadness and the depth of anger when she feels And again, that's a four quality right there, baby. They can feel those feelings, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Once they know how to process them, mm, 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 they're feeling a lot better in life. All right, so that's Enneagram four. Okay, so I'm actually gonna skip around. I'm gonna skip six, seven, eight, and I'm gonna go to nine. Okay, and you're gonna find out why here in a minute. And you're gonna hear me flipping pages. But Enneagram nines is actually, I'm getting a lot more nines lately, which is really cool. So out of the last few clients that I've, signs, I would say about half of them are nines. Now they're nines with the wing one. Remember how I talk about one is the most popular, even with the one, the wings, but nines I'm falling in love with. And, um, they, again, they're kind of like twos in a way of, they can be amazing service professionals. Like once they start to understand who they uniquely are, because the big thing with nines is they can kind of forget who they are. Many times they grew up with really strong parents or caregivers to a point where, you know, they just didn't feel safe to fully be seen. And so they kind of went into the shadows. And so once nines start to get some self-awareness, which we do in the coaching process, or maybe they get it somewhere else and they step into their power and they're able to have that self-awareness, I love watching nines go out there in the world and serve the world and give to the world. You know, many people on my team are nines. Shout out to Erin, who I know is editing this podcast right now. And shout out to Rachel, who's my admin, both nines. Again, amazing support professionals because I tell them what I want and they're so good at being able to sit back and to observe and to understand others that they're able to go out there and deliver that. And, you know, even the coach that I recently hired that you're going to meet in a couple episodes, Casey, she's a nine. And so again, it's like, I tell Casey what I want. She listens very deeply. She kind of understands that. It's like almost she can enmesh as me and like take me in. And that's like, okay, I know what to deliver to Lindsay. So I love nines. Now, of course, the big thing in that is they can lose themselves. And so it's very important that nines are making time for themselves, checking in with themselves and doing things to build their own self-awareness. You know, for nines, it's very hard for them sometimes to be asked questions like, what do you want? Who are you? And so learning about themselves, like something through the Enneagram can be helpful. And then, of course, getting coaching to gain more and more and more self-awareness can be really helpful. Um, they're the ultimate harmonizers too. Like you throw a nine in the room and they're going to bring people together. They're just going to like solidify, you know, any kind of 
um, things that are going wrong in the world or in that room or whatever. <sighs> Again, I love nines. Um, now, I know when I'm coaching nines, like I'm going to ask them a question and then they're going to pause for a while and they're going to have to really think about it. And sometimes in the coaching, it needs to be a little faster or especially if I'm in a group setting, I'm like, come on, nines, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, And so I have to just sometimes give them homework and say, okay, I want you to reflect on that for a while because it's going to take them a while to pull that awareness forward. Now for nines, they really need um, an intentional focus for them. Okay. So again, because they can mesh so easily with others, like they need to understand where am I going in my life? What it is that I want? Who am I? Because otherwise it's like they can kind of just lose themselves. I actually think my mom may be a nine in some ways. And so my mom has a strength high called adaptability, which I'm pulling in Clifton Strengths here, that assessment. But that I see a lot with nines is um, they can just be so adaptable and want to just create harmony so much that then it's like, oh, where did my goals and dreams go? I don't know, or I don't really know what I want. But then once they do, whoo, wow, man, I love watching them go out in the world because what is it like? It's like, okay, nines, you're probably going to think this is a really bad analogy, but it's kind of like, um, no, part of me is thinking this isn't a good one, but like the ugly duckling a little bit. You know that story where it's like they're in the corner and they're ugly, but then they turn into this beautiful swan. Now, I don't think nines are ugly, obviously, but it's like they're in the corner so much. Kind of like, I guess I relate to it because I'm a five, right? And I'm thinking about how fives can be in the corner sometimes just taking in the content. Well, nines can just be in the corner because they don't, you know, really know themselves. And once they figure that out, then they go and blossom. And it's just, ugh, I just love it. I love it so much. It's so much fun. So yeah, that's the big thing with nines. Now, nines, nines growth path is to three. Remember, threes are the achievers. And so that's, again, why I love nine so much and seeing them grow is because once they understand who they are and they know what they want, they go and they achieve it and they pull that part of them. So many nines are in the coaching profession and it makes sense because, you know, that's what they're pulling off of is that three growth path. Um, Now, what nines can get to sometimes when they're way, way in overdrive, and I haven't seen this that much with my coaching clients is anxiety. I do see this in my mom a little bit, actually. Um, But they get to the unhealthy type of a six where they're just worrying all the time and like go to worst case scenarios and they have a lot of anxiety. Um, Because again, it's like they don't have that. Oops, if you heard that noise, my binder almost fell. But um, they don't have a lot of self-awareness. So that's like something we we have to build. I keep saying it. I'm like a, I'm like a broken record. So that's a big thing with nines. Okay. Now let's talk about sixes, sevens, and eights. Okay. So let me just touch on sixes really fast. To my knowledge, I have not had a six in my coaching practice in the last two years. Not one. I don't even think I've had many six wings. I think of maybe one that I've had. That's a six wing. It wasn't confirmed, but that's just my assumption. Um, but yeah, sixes. And I think it makes sense. Like a lot of sixes in can be very consumed by anxiety. Now, I know if you're a six, you're going to be super offended by that. I get it. But I think sometimes too, if a six is going to come to coaching, they probably just need therapy first. Like they need to go through and manage that. Now, my dad, I believe is a five wing six. 
And so I see this in him too. Like all of a sudden he can just go to these really weird catastrophizing places. And I'm like, dude, you're so logical. Like, where did you go? That was like really dark. And as he's aging, it gets to be like these conspiracy political theory things. I'm like, what in the world? (laughs) And so maybe it's just like my vibe doesn't mesh with sixes. Like I don't take life as seriously as I do. You know, even if we think about Corona, um, I think my ex may have a six wing. And he was like texting me this weird stuff of like how I needed like all this food and all these weird, like, again, catastrophizing things. And I'm like, dude, I don't even like relate to this at all. Like everything's going to be fine. (laughs) And I was listening to a podcast recently too. And she was talking about how they have different kinds of cars, like electronic and gas, and they've done all these things. So they can always just like be off the grid if they need to. And I'm like, man, that's like a very sick thought of like, we need to prepare for worst case scenario. My brain just really doesn't go there. So I don't know if that's why I don't mess with sixes or they're in therapy or they're just not in personal. I don't know. So I'm just gonna be honest and open with you. If you're a six, I'd love to work with you and like love to figure out this whole thing. Um, But to my knowledge, I haven't worked with any sixes. Now let's look at sevens. So sevens I have worked with and sevens I've had a lot in my personal life because sevens are social butterflies. Like they know everybody and everything and they're out and about. They tend to have the Clifton strength of woo. And so, you know, again, everybody knows them. They love to win others over. I think my ex is a seven or has a seven wing, one of the the two. Um, And so that's how he was. He was just out there all the time and putting us all out there. Now, the thing with sevens is they know a lot of things and a lot of people, but they don't know a lot of depth. Um, And so as a five, because remember, I'm a five, sometimes, you know, I, I love sevens and I love to be around them, but then I get kind of bored of them. I know that sounds bad, but I get kind of bored of them, especially if it's like in a learning environment, because I'm like, okay, like you don't really quite know the the depth of what you're talking about. And then I move on. Now, remember, that's just me as a five, right? So this goes back to even like somebody I partnered with a few years ago with marketing. She's a seven, I'm a five. And she like, I, I, this is what I love about sevens. They put themselves out there, right? They're like doing all the things that as a five, I'd be super uncomfortable doing because I'd be like, whoa, I need to do my research first. Um, But yeah, I just kind of got like a little even annoyed of like, Okay, you need to like kind of have your shit together first in some ways. Um, again, that's my own fiveness. Now, the sevens I have worked with, once I can get them in the door, okay? Because I think sevens, you know, again, like they can lose interest in me because I do go so in depth with some stuff, especially if they were to get my coaching process. It's like, it's, it's, it's in depth, right? That's why my fives love it so much. It's like, you know, I did my shit on that and I learned from people who knew their shit. Um, but once sevens kind of get in the door and they see the value of it, sevens are actually really good clients because seven's growth path is to a five, which remember is me. And it's really taking in the depth of things and I can grow them in that way. So one of my first clients even was a set or is a seven. I still coach with her even. Um, and she actually knew about the Enneagram before her and I coached together. And so she knew this about herself of, okay, where I need to go as a five. No, I didn't even know I was a five at the time. She was just attracted to me. I was attracted to her. It was like, yes, you know, there's something here we can both give each other. Because at the time I needed, um, first off, I just need clients. <laughs> Let's be real. And I wanted clients that um, were going to be high energy and be able to share my work with other people. And she was that. So it was a beautiful thing. 
Um, so the big thing with sevens, I'm turning my pages here. I just want to make sure I'm saying this right. But the core fear of them is being incomplete or just being bored or like trapped. So if we go back to my ex, if you know that story, living a double life with another woman, et cetera, et cetera, this is what makes me think he's a seven, not just from what he, he does, like personality wise of being a guy who's out there. But um, that was a really big fear for him of being trapped. And granted, he handled it in an inappropriate way. But I have a lot of empathy for him. I mean, granted, I've done my forgiveness work to get to this place. But looking to at the seven, it's like, oh, I totally get it. And I look back on some of my best friends for a while who I believe were sevens. And it's the same thing. Like, I've heard their stories of how real that feels to them. And... Um, you know, had they just had a little mindset, they would probably make better choices. Because even some of my stuff from friends, it was hard for them to stay in relationships and stay committed in those relationships without cheating. So that's a that's a thing for sevens, right? So sevens just really need to learn how to be more grounded and to to go a little bit more in depth with things and have a little bit more wisdom and discipline, and um, you know, not realizing that life is going to be 100% happy all the time because that's what they're seeking a lot of times too of like next, 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 next. And instead they need to just realize that life's going to have its up and down and those downs are okay. It's going to be okay to have those downs. You can get through them. Um, and doing that inner work like they would be doing with me is going to be a way for them to feel that and understand it's okay and get through it and actually get through it faster had they not done the work with me. And so instead of escaping their problems or wanting to avoid them to go in and to, you know, face them. The other thing too I see with sevens, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, is especially if they're not aware of, you know, maybe something like the Enneagram or something else. Sevens can be judgy, I've seen, of other people who aren't sevens. So I experience this a lot in my personal life of people who are sevens or who I believe are sevens will be like, well, why don't you just like go out more? Or why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? And like thinking that everybody's just like them. Like we, again, we can go back to my analogy last episode of everyone's wearing the same color glasses and they need to kind of like look outside themselves a little bit and realize of like, we're all different and we're not all going to be sevens. And many times in our society, especially growing up in like, especially the high school years, Everybody admires the sevens. Everyone wants to be the sevens. And trust me, I've wanted to be a seven for so long in so many ways, but we're not sevens. <laughs> and so if you're a seven, please like just realize you probably don't aren't like this because you listen to a podcast like this, but like we're not all going to be like you. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the rest of us. Okay. Um, it's okay. <laughs> so that's my, my take on sevens. All right, eights. Whew. I'm going to be honest with you about eights. So I've realized recently that the clients who I feel like have left coaching with me the least happy, and I've just realized this in the past week, so this is big, have been eights. Um, and part of an eight is control, right? That's their big thing they're wanting. And if you're aware of the Enneagram, especially if you're an eight, you're like, here she goes again. Like everybody talks about it. It's like, you know, Donald Trump is an eight. Okay. Now he's an eight in overdrive in a lot of ways, but he is an eight. And so they can get that way. And it makes sense. Like um, I, I've said in other podcasts, Donald Trump was very triggering to me. 
And as I've realized this over the past week or so, um, I've realized that I think my mom has an eight wing. I think my ex may have been a seven with a six wing or an eight wing. I don't know. But he had some eight in him. And eight, um, I'm just going to say eight scare me a little bit. Like I'm realizing I have some trauma from eights that I need to go and process. And um, as I said, the clients who have left me that have been the least happy have been eights. And it became that way because they would come back and they would push at me and push and push and push on certain things. And I would coach them through it and coach them through it to a point where they would just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And I'd be like, listen, if you love your reasons for why you don't want to do X, Y, Z in the coaching process, great. Then that's love those reasons and move on. And then many times what happens with eight, and then they'll come back and be like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I wanted. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to do that. I'm actually really happy. And it'll get to a point where then I'm just like, well, I don't want to continue because I don't, I can't coach you in a way that's going to be beneficial for the both of us because you just keep pushing at me. Um, and so again, I'm doing my own work on eights. I'm healing my own stuff I'm, I'm realizing I need to do. And I'm just trying to take in more and more of how can I best coach an eight? Because right now I just don't feel like I've got a really strong handle on it. Now, at the time of this recording, I have some eights and I'm going through this kind of process with them right now. So we'll, we'll see if we get on the other side of it. And I may have an update for you here in a few weeks even. But right now, I'm just like, I don't know, eights. Like, I think you may be better somewhere else. Now, I must say, I love eights. Don't get me wrong about that, okay? Because I think my, um, who I consider my business coach, even though we don't really coach one-on-one, is Stacey Bayman. She's, uh, in essence, a business coach for life coaches. And I think Stacey's an eight and for many ways, for many reasons. Um, but one reason, too, is when she first started coaching as a client, she said she used to scream at her coach and hang up the phone. And I was like, holy crap, like who would do that, right? It would scare the shit out of me if a client did something like that. And that's where eights can go. Like they can get really, really defensive. Now I understand why eights are like that because many eights have had a shit ton of trauma in their life and they have every single right to be angry like they are. It's justified anger. Um, it's it's absolutely something that can process. Like what I'm working through right now with one of my eights is she's gotten to the place where she's learning how to process her feelings. And typically after um, they do this one process, then they feel better. But for her, she has so much anger that like she's not feeling better. And we're just having to go in and process more and more and more and more and more anger. And because eights can get a little bit impatient and they don't like feeling out of control, then um, it's making her even more uncomfortable and I'm having to like coach her through it. And so it's, it's just a tricky thing. So I'm realizing too, like, what do I need to tell my eights coming in the door of, hey, here's what I've seen with eights during the coaching process, just FYI. And if and when it gets to this place, this is how we need to coach through it. Okay. And even just kind of talking them through what's coming down the bend because they want to feel so in control because again, they've had trauma in their life where they've been out of control. So it totally makes sense. And it's totally justified of just giving them of like, hey, here's what's coming. So they don't feel like something is coming out of left field. Now, what I realized for my eights is they're just going to create that story over and over and over again. And some of my eights have called out because they've given me that opportunity to do that of like, hey, listen, this is the pattern of thoughts you're doing. Like for a lot of my eights, they push, 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 push. And then you'll push back a little bit and be like, no. And then they'll go into victim mode. 
victim. Oh no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. It's like, whoa, wait a second. Like, do you see this pattern? And some of my eights have said, Lindsay, I'm so glad you called that out on me. Some of my other eights have not been happy with that. So it's just a mixed bag with eights. And that's where I'm leaving it with eights. Okay. Um, so maybe come back to me if you're an eight and you've heard this podcast and you're like, Lindsay, where are you with Enneagram eights? Maybe I'll have more insight for you. But right now that's a work in progress. But going back, I will say I have cracked the code on ones. I have cracked the code on twos. I feel like I'm cracking the code very, very close on nines, if not already cracked it. I've cracked the code with fives. I feel like I've cracked the code with fours. I'm very close on threes. And I feel like I'm right on the edge of cracking it there. Sixes, I just don't have the opportunity. If I have a six coming in the door, I would love to figure that out. Sevens, I feel like I need a more little bit more work on. Um just, I think a seven coming into me, they have to have a ton of self-awareness. Like they've had to have done other stuff to get to a place where they see enough value in what I provide and to they've built some sort of self-awareness otherwise. Because many times sevens tend to not have a ton of self-awareness. They're just too busy being out there. Um, and then eights, I feel like I'm just getting started. <laughs> so that's what I have for you, my friends. Those are my Enneagram understandings. Let's just go back to one last thing I want to say here. Remember, I'm an Enneagram five. And so me admitting to you today of, hey, I don't know everything about everyone is such growth for me. So claps to me. I'm patting myself on the back. I'm showing myself love, even though part of this is uncomfortable and giving it all to you. So I hope you had some great takeaways from today's episode and the last episode. As I said, I've been so excited to give this one to you. I know I'll think of many things after this episode is over. of like, oh, I wish I'd included that or included that or included that. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So this is always a work in progress as always. Thank you for spending your time with me today to learn about Enneagram and how I see it. And I cannot wait to see you on the next episode of the show. So I will see you then. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're gonna accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.